good day and as always welcome to the fifa world cup show wherever you're tuning in to this episode from whether you are in the usa on the african continent north america south america asia europe and oceania oceania is where the next women's world cup will be specifically australia and new zealand welcome to your most exciting informative and educative sports show on the calling platform with yours truly philip alimo and i've got love for sports and undoubtedly the fifa world cup competitions and on today's episode on today's episode we will be discussing and analyzing the quarterfinal games between morocco versus botswana and zambia versus senegal south africa versus tunisia and cameroon versus nigeria remember morocco zambia south africa and nigeria have booked their tickets to the world cup that will be taking place next year like i earlier indicated in australia and new zealand and as always with us in the studios to do the discussion and analysis is ace football and sports journalists and women's football enthusiast she's been very phenomenal in the growth and development of women's football not just in ghana but also on the african continent and it's no other person than madame rosaline amu yesterday in our last episode she was with us and today she is and coincidentally yesterday was exactly one month we first hosted her on the platform so uh it's a happy one month anniversary to our able uh host and analyst who joins us uh, all the time to share her knowledge and experiences with us madam rosaline welcome to the show madam rosaline yes welcome to the show oh thank you thank you and good evening to you and our cherished audience i hope your day has been good yes please it has been very good it has been very um, good coincidentally I, I believe that it's been four weeks i mean exactly four weeks ago that we were on the show we you first hosted me on the show definitely yes indeed indeed time flies and just as time flies we had very flying games in the competition first i'll pick your thoughts on the morocco botswana game where botswana lost by two goals to one first let me let's give our audience the highlights of the game and then we'll pick your thoughts on reactions sure Mm-hmm. 
the place of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Yeah, what a, what a good delivery there. And that was the first good touch from the World Cup. That was, that was a good one. The free kick is delivery in between the goalkeeper and the defender. There is nothing the goalkeeper can do there. There is very little the keeper can do. Oh, she does have a trend. And then you can see the players, the way uh, the cash and the tech dog, the way they're playing. So that was excerpts of the game between Morocco versus Botswana. Madam Rosalind, kindly unmute your mic and uh, give us your reactions of the game oh, okay, between. So... Yeah, so I I think it was a good game. I mean, the results was not surprising at all because as host. 
Morocco had put in a lot of efforts and training, and I've told you that their main aim was to qualify for the World Cup. And because they were hosting it, there was no way they were going to allow, I mean, that opportunity to slip by. And so if you have realized any time they played any game, um, their aim was to start with a high-pressing game with such intensity and get early goals. And so against Botswana, they took them by surprise. And they, are, they have shown their expertise in set pieces. And you realize that most of their goals have come from set pieces, be it a penalty or a free kick. And this time around, their first goal was from a similar set piece. And so it came as no surprise for me. I think that um, as hosts, they couldn't have let their thousands of supporters at the 53,000 seated capacity stadium down. And so they did what was needful. And in the end, they were able to score two goals, both early in each half to, to advance. They've shown that they have invested. I mean, their investment is paying off. Their development plan has paid off. And we can only be happy for them. I mean, that is the good side of football development that we want to see across the continent. And Morocco has shown us the way. Definitely, Morocco have shown us the way. And uh, another team that is showing the way when it comes to women's football on the continent is Zambia. And Zambia uh, drew 1-1 with Senegal in regulation time, but went on to beat Senegal in, through the lottery of the penalty shootouts let's pick excerpts of that game and we'll come back to the studios to pick the thoughts of madame rosaline it is a battle for the world cup slot so lifting an orchard hair may not mean great strength and seeing the sun and the moon in Casablanca also not uh, seeing or giving you an indication of a clear eye and hearing the thunderous noise from their fans who definitely are here in their, in their moment and ensuring the team is in to enjoy also doesn't mean keen here what is going to happen is that if you have a mind and heart and determination victory is going to be yours today this is Zambia and Senegal one time there from Uganda do so in a similar position they had a chance against the Moroccans in Dubai, and uh, it is Bayan So to the far oh! It has happened in Buena India's second goal of the day and the 49th goal of the tournament has been given. It is in a goal with the first goal in this game, and certainly they can afford to celebrate. They certainly indeed can afford to finally celebrate. And this is what you want to see from the Senegalese, just really making sure that they use their aerial advantage with their height to connect with those set pieces. Well taken, floating ball into the internet, but unmarked yet again. GI goes in the, of the score sheet. Hey. History. History written everywhere in the car for these ladies. There is something spectacular about them. There's something amazing about them. And look at Indiaye. So the midfield is going to be that compact there for Senegal. So, so it's going to be one person out there because you know, anytime he also gets back to those ready to move in. That's uh, Zambia. Oh, what job! And this is a blazing goal! 
Could you believe this? Chitunu gets a score. And what a howler. No pressure. And Sanchez dropped the ball. Literally dropped the ball. And in any moment where there's a sub, in any moment where there's a foul, you always have to make sure that you are staying concentrated. The right filtered ball into that 18-yard box. The goalkeeper, easy catch for her, but she drops this one. Of course, who else? But Chitun, would you just get there, sneak in with the close header into goal? Well, but here, Ansmith said, What did I say? The last one once again to Senegal. And a huge, huge moment. And once again, excited. Yakate. And she's been saved. Nali saved Yakate. And this time, Zambia will feel they have the power to see if they can. It's down to the final takers. And it is Isan Nali. She saves one. Can she score one? She saves one. And she scores. This time the storyline has changed. 4 2 it is, and history has been made. So that game ended 4 2 in favor of Zambia. And Zambia, by, by so doing, have qualified for next year's Women's World Cup. Madam Rosalind, what are your assessments of that game and uh, what did you make of the goalkeeping error on the part of the Senegalese? You know the Zambians had just come in from um, an Olympic Games experience and so they knew how to do it and when to go for the kill. And for the Senegalese, I mean, you can't blame them. This is only their second women's afghan, and they are still learning. But you would have assumed that having gotten to that stage and with everything to go for through penalties, they should have taken their time. What I realized was that they were not ready. I mean, they didn't seem ready. They were lucky to have qualified for the competition. And they were only happy to have gotten to where they had gotten to. They had no intention of going past that because between the two sides, when they were even preparing to take the penalty kick, you saw the, the body language of the Zambians and the body language of the Senegalese, and it was so obvious. And so for me, it is the price they paid for their inexperience. Can Nigeria or any of the African countries have a deep, women's World Cup round this time round from experience and having followed the, the game. Normally, we realize that participants of the, of the World Cup from Africa, they, they have good runs throughout the qualification, but when the tournament proper begins, they are not able to show their metal at the world stage. Do you think the four qualified teams can, can show something on the world stage? Women's football is developing all over the world. And so for countries that in the past were not doing so well in women's football are now doing very well. And so it will be very difficult. And unfortunately, I haven't seen the kind of players 
I mean, don't forget that Philip, way back in 1999, the Nigerians were semi-finalists and they lost to the U.S. in their semi-final game. And since that time, they've not been able to go past the quarter-final. And so it depends on the quality that they will take and the kind of preparations that they will have. But the thing is, as you also prepare well, the game, the competition is becoming tougher. And now you have many more teams coming in well prepared and all that. It is possible, but the, the team I have seen of Nigeria, unless maybe they meet a lot of the other teams from perhaps like the um, South Americans and all that, it may be difficult for them to go past it because um, I would wait to see. I would wait to see. But for me, much as I am thinking that Nigeria, as the big mammoths of Africa, like we always call them, have what it takes, um, I haven't seen that same level of um, talent and maturity in their players. Let me put it that way. Talent and maturity in their players. Definitely. Speaking of talent and maturity, Zambia, this is going to be their debut appearance at the World Cup. So as uh, Morocco will be appearing at the World Cup for the first time, the big mamas, like you call them, Nigeria, they've been at the World Cup eight different occasions. They first made an appearance in 1991, made appearance at the last World Cup in 2019. Do you think experience would have an impact on the performance of the African, 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 African slots? It is. I mean, you look at the, those that will be qualifying from the other com, com, I mean, continents, these are regular attendants. And so for me, I always say that Nigeria should have gone past the quarterfinal stages and probably should have been among the top four if we, there was anything to show for for the number of appearances that they've made. But unfortunately, sometimes they also get jumbled out along the way. Experience will matter. South Africa made their debut at the France 2019 competition. So hopefully they can go in better prepared and, and with a little bit more knowledge of the experience that they gathered from France. Morocco haven't been there before, and so they can only go and have a taste. And they'll be lucky to be drawn in a to be to be in a favorable draw that will see them fight for for a place. I always say that until you get there and you know the the death of your opponents, you also go dreaming and thinking that it is doable and you can do it. For me, it is important that we are more consistent when it goes. It comes to the World Cup, so that the more you participate in, the better you get. The the more experienced you become, exposed you become to the dynamics of the World Cup, so that when you go back, you are able to do better. Zambia, Zambia, or I mean, we will have a little bit of experience because they last participated in the 2020 Olympic Games. That was held last year, and we, that was when we all saw them and looked at them, turned and looked at them and said, oh, look, this is a future team, they have quality. And so uh, perhaps they will be able to build upon whatever they, they showed or they had at the Olympic Games in Japan. Speaking of dynamism, do you think the qualification path, especially for the African teams, 
uh, to the uh, African Cup of Nations and to the World Cup is uh, it's it's a good qualification path, or it robs the continent of its finest uh, uh, teams in terms of the regional qualifications. For example, Ghana is a powerhouse when it comes to women's football, but as a result of the qualification path that have been redesigned by CAF, this time the Black Queens couldn't make it out of the regional competitions uh, for Wafu. And uh, so it is uh, for the other participants. Do you think, what do you make of the qualification path? Well, it's something that we need to talk about because um, there is no way that, for instance, Europe would allow some of their well-known and well-established sides to miss out on competitions. Because, you see, the more your, your teams go there and they do well, the better chances you also get when there are increments for slots. Africa, unfortunately, even though FIFA has increased the World Cup slots, we only got four from three to four, which was, I mean, we thought they were even going to do it five. And number two, I mean, when you talk about football, the powerhouses are always in West Africa, and especially West Africa zombie, to think that the likes of Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana were not at the AFCON. And it is not because they didn't want to be there, but because of the draw, the way the draw was. And I'm sure people will start, I mean, the executive members of CAF will start thinking about their own structures that they are laying down. Because what it means is that you will constantly rob the continent of some of its best sites and then bring in the, the smaller sites, which isn't bad. But at the end of the day, it becomes the status quo because... Once one or two big stars or the big size get giants get in there, they will bully their way through and make sure that they win. So even though you may be developing it in terms of achievements and changing, making that is what is happening. And for the World Cup, this is, I mean, World Cup competition, everybody is using their continental championships now. I think it's something that FIFA has um, started that they should be doing and so for, even for Europe the European Championships will be the deciding tournament for the World Cup slot South America will do the same Asia will do the same Oceania will do the same and then Africa too we are doing the same so I think that it's not bad but at the end of the day within the continent the, the, the organizers of the game should find a more better way to make sure that they are best of the best qualified. I mean, for the four teams that have qualified, there is nothing at all about it. But if you want to pick your best four, you should do it from the best that you have, but not because we have some pretenders also around, and then it becomes an easier path for, for your best teams to be selected. That one, it doesn't inure to the benefits of the continent. Definitely, it doesn't inure to the benefits of the continent. But uh, four teams that have made it, that will be fighting for the ultimate prize. The semi-final, first semi-final game will be between Morocco and Nigeria. And the second semi-final game will be between Zambia and South Africa. That will be two Southern African neighbors slotting it out. But first, let me pick your thoughts on the Morocco versus Nigeria game. And what has been your impression of the Super Falcons so far in this tournament and their last game against the Cameroonians. Philip, you remember I told you that the Nigerians know how to win tournaments, especially the Africans. Yes, yes, and I do. And, only, and your, your, only... your best 
expressions of them, the big mammoths of Africa. You you yes. win the group, we win the cup. Yes. The 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 last the only time that they have been denied the chance of winning the the tournament was in 2008 and 2012 when Equatorial Guinea hosted this. Equatorial Guinea are the only side to have beaten the Nigerians in a final to lift the trophy. Once they get too close to the final, it doesn't matter where they are playing it at, they'll make sure that they win. And so Morocco should brave themselves up. I mean, it's going to be a very tough game. And Philip, the, the only time the two sides have met coincidentally was the first edition of the Women's AFCON in Nigeria. You know, at that time, they were based in Abiyokuta. They played in Group B, Group A. They were based in Kaduna. And then the Group B was, were based in Abiyokuta. And in their opening game, Nigeria walloped Morocco 8-0. That was, I mean, you can check the records. After that time, the Moroccans came back. They didn't survive the group stage. And then they never were able to qualify for the tournament until they hosted it this year. And so it's going to be a David and Goliath affair so far as women's football is concerned. But when you look at the depth and the quality that they have, Nigeria will always use their experience to win. So don't be surprised that it will be the same thing. I mean, it will be a big upset if Morocco are able to beat Nigeria for the semi-final, I mean, for the final slot. But my, my, the little I know of the experiences of the Nigerians and whatever it is, I think that uh, Morocco may have the full stadium supporting them. They may have everybody there hoping that they beat Nigeria. But the narrative probably at the end of the day will be that Nigeria may not win by a huge margin like they've done in the past. But I'm so sure that Nigeria are going to win. I don't, I don't know. I have seen the, both of them play. And I think that even on the page, the Morocco, they, they are more younger. They, they, they are fast. They are good at their set pieces. But the Nigerians are also very experienced in those areas. And I'm sure they will nullify whatever the Moroccans bring to them. I was just about asking you if the home advantage that the Atlas Lioness in Morocco would play an advantage to, uh, to them in their game against the Super Falcons of Nigeria. But uh, in your session, you just indicated that you doubt that would play an, ad- an advantage. But so far, one key area aside spectatorship is officiating. What has been the level? Uh, how will you assess the level of officiating so far in the tournament? I think that's We've had some very good officiating. Um, thankfully, we've not had to rely so much on the VARs to settle the disputes. Um, there have been some, some calls to that. I mean, on hindsight, I would say that some of the referees made those bad calls. Especially, I would say that in one of the games against um, in Morocco, I think um, the Moroccan second game, I, I felt that some of the calls that went in favor of the Moroccans were bad. It was like um, they, they were out to win at all costs. And for me, it doesn't I mean, go well for, for the game. But aside that, I think that the referees are, have been made aware. I mean, the thing is that now 
referees are being selected and prepared for international competitions other than the continental competitions. And so with the referees assessors around, if you misbehave, you limit or you limit the chance of you going to the World Cup or any other international competition. So they are very much aware of these things and because of that it has improved their competences and because the assessors are there, after every match they, they are made to review their own performances to know their shortfalls and their strong points so that they are able to improve upon it. And so for me I think that for now the officiating has been quite good. For now, officiating has been quite good. But another game that is in hand is two Southern African neighbors. Zambia will be taking on South Africa in the second semi-final game on Monday. What do you make of that tie between the two sides? And who would you place your bet on? Well, I think that on the continent, when you want to talk of women's AFCON experience, um, South Africa are streets ahead of Zambia. This is only Zambia's third or fourth AFCON. Um, South Africa have been to every AFCON, and they are about five or six times I mean, runners-up. And so, I mean, they've hosted it. They hosted it in 2000, and 2000 2004, 2006. And so they have hosted it and been runners-up, so they know how to play their AFCON. I mean, the last one was in 2018, when Zambia exited at the group stage. They went on to finish second in, in the competition. And so um, they are there. In, even in the southern region, South Africa is the most glamorous side of all the southern African countries. They have depth, they have quality, they have experience, they have resources. And so, in fact, it was under instigation of South Africa that the COSAFA competition has been held. And COSAFA has helped develop and bring all of them on board. So you see Botswana, you see Namibia, you see Zambia, and they are all in there. But the last COSAFA competition, Zambia beat South Africa, I think, 4-2 um, on penalties after they had drawn 1-1 in their third place match. And so it will be interesting to see how this, this game panel, but on paper, I think that it is game South Africa. Definitely. On paper, it is game South Africa. But remember, the form, format, for the purposes of my audience, uh, the women's AFCON is also taking a new format. And that new format is there's going to be a repertoire where winners advance to the inter-confederation playoffs. So, uh, which teams are going to play in the repertoire? Those are the losers from the quarterfinals. So, Senegal will take on Tunisia, and then Botswana will take on Cameroon for a place to advance to the intercontinental playoffs. Madam Roslin, what do you make of this new uh, uh, feature in the in the in the women's Afcon, and also the two games that will be played? Well, I think. Um it is all part of the plan to get more games in the competition for our national teams because you realize that um, unlike in Europe where there are so many, I mean, they're able to have four groups and so you have four 16 teams qualifying. In, in Africa, we didn't have, we had only eight and then this year it's been increased to 12. 
And so this is only part of the plan to ensure that um, there are as many competitions or matches as possible so that they meet the international match requirement, I mean, number of match requirements. And so it adds up to the competition, it adds up to the, the exposure, it adds up to the path of building experience for these teams. And if you ask me, I think that um, Tunisia perhaps will be ahead of Senegal. It should come as no surprise if Tunisia beats Senegal in this encounter. Next, Next. will be Botswana, Cameroon. Botswana, Cameroon. For me, Bots- oh. I've not. Uh, uh, I think Botswana have played some exciting football this tournament, but they've they've lacked the cutting edge when it comes to experience. I may be wrong. Your observation is absolutely correct. I told you that even against Morocco, um, it was because they were inexperienced, and then also they they were playing against the thirteenth for the thirteenth um, player or the twelfth player, which were the fans. And it is always difficult for you to beat a home side in such crucial competitions unless you are extraordinary like maybe Nigeria and co. And so for me, I think that um, we saw how Cameroon played against um, Nigeria in their quarterfinal encounter. Um, it was a very tough encounter, very cagey. And um, unfortunately, the Cameroonians for the 10th time were not able to find any antidote to the Nigerians in the Afghan clashes, and so they had to visit. And with an opportunity to go into an, uh, another international comp- I mean, competition, I'm sure they will take their chance. And this time around, they won't allow the Botswana, I mean, the mess of Botswana to overtake them. Definitely. And they wouldn't allow the mess of Botswana to overtake them. But uh, one team will be looking to overtake all the participating teams at the AFCON, women's AFCON. I know this is a difficult one, but I will try to push you. Which team do you think can, based on what you have seen so far, can stick all the way to the ultimate prize and to become women's champions after the semifinal games? Philip, the next time we meet, I probably would have to be careful. I, I, I don't know, but my gutsy feeling tells me that we will see a replay of the 2018 final where Nigeria will beat South Africa again. I always tell you that when they, unless they don't want to win it, the Nigerians are their own enemies, unless they don't want to win it. They may allow you to win a, a game, um, but when it comes to the final, they will find a way of beating you. You don't beat the Nigerians twice in a competition. That is a lesson I have picked from at least even with the outings against Ghana, you draw, you pick a point, but when it matters most, they will show you that they have what it takes. Of course, we don't have the same level of hungry, determined and focused players or the matured players as we had seen of the Nigerian size in the past, but they still have something. They still have something in them that drives them, that pushes them to go all the way out. I'll be happy to see South Africa lift the tunnel, I mean the trophy for the very first time. But it all depends on what they bring to the table against, I mean, Zambia in the semifinals and when they get to the final. I, I, I have a feeling that, I mean, they had only a few experienced players because if you see how they squandered their chances in the semifinal game yesterday, you'll be wondering if it was the same South African side that were blazing from all angles during the group stages. Um, it, it's, 
I don't know whether the absence of Catalana is having an impact on the team. But if they want to win it and lift the trophy, they would have to take advantage of every opportunity that they get. If they make those mistakes, as we saw of them yesterday, against, I mean, they are going against Tunisia, they probably will pay for it. Tunisians were just also inexperienced and didn't have that cutting edge in the final third. If they did, I'm sure we probably would have been talking about Tunisia this evening more than we are talking about South Africa. Definitely. But one group of people we've spoken more is the players, but we've not spoken about the people who handle the players. That is the technical team. Which coach so far has made an impression on you in this tournament? Um, I will be biased. I will give it to Desiree Ellis. Um, perhaps because I have, I have um, watched Seen her, her progress. I, I have, yes. I mean, I remember our very first interview in 1998, when she captained the the Bayana Bayana team to play in the Abiyakuta competition, I saw her in 2000. I saw her in 2002, and then she went off to become a coach. And then she came back. I saw her in 2015 in Brazzaville. I saw her in 2016. We 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 are passed crossed again in 2018, and for each. Each of the years that she has come, she has seen, she has made remarkable progress. That is one. The other thing is also that in the women's game, even though it's women's football, in Africa, we still have a lot of the men dominating. Look at the teams that have qualified for the final four. All the coaches are men and not um, young men, but middle-aged men. You look at the Moroccan coach, you look at the Tunisia coach. It is only the Zambia, Zambia has a male coach. It is only the Zerealist that is standing up for us women, even so far as the technical know-how is concerned. And so for me, she has been outstanding. I mean, to be guiding her team step by step, match after match, to ensure that even amongst the men, She's holding up, and I think she's being... I, I would love to really see her, to add up to the unique story of the few players, female players, who have led their teams to also lift Afghan or um, uh, um, continental trophies. The only person who has been able to do that is Florence Omagbemi of Nigeria. When she led the Falcons to win the edition in 2016. And so I would love to have this realist also joining that unique club of female players who have gone on to become coaches and lifted the Afghan trophy. And that is why I, I think that she has worked hard for it and she deserves to be celebrated. Definitely. And uh, we are just about wrapping up. And uh, I, you, you made a, a very salient point. I want to also pick your thoughts on a, with a follow-up question. That What do you think um, can be done to encourage more women into the area of coaching and the technical aspects of the game? Well, it's something that we are also dealing with at the grassroots. So when you come to the various countries, we don't have many of them. And obviously, in the past, female players did not think through that they could have progressive careers after their playing days. But now, CAF is making it a bit more attractive. And so as we speak, 
almost all national team coaches that are females, I mean female national team coaches are all in Morocco. They are learning and supporting and they are going through, they are being used as um, technical study groups for them to assess the matches. Every year, CAF brings them together to enhance their skills and all that. And so for me, I think that it is one aspect. The other thing is, you know, coaching is about passion. If you are not passionate about it and you don't have the interest, it will be very difficult for anybody to push you in there. So what we should be doing is that at the club level, we should identify players who have the eye for coaching, the interest for it, so that even as they are playing, we are making them undergo the coaching courses, using them practically, so that by the time they get to the end of their careers, they can make a smooth transition from playing to joining the technical bench. Give them time to also be with the team, let them have the exposure and experience, and in no time we'll be having... I mean, it's a, it's a world thing. We don't have many female, successful female coaches around. But I think that over time, when we make a deliberate and intentional plan of grooming them and training them, of course, those who are interested, then we can solve the problem. But otherwise, we should take it a day at a time. We shouldn't push it too much else. We will end up having many female coaches, but maybe we will not have the depth of quality that we want to have. Definitely. As always, it's been a pleasure having you on the platform and uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed your succinct uh, details, analysis and fountain of knowledge and experience of women's football. And uh, we, we hope you will join us uh, for the semi-final and hopefully the final games to analyze it. And uh, on this note, we will wrap up with today's edition of the FIFA World Cup show where we looked at the quarterfinal games in the ongoing Women's African Cup of Nations until our next episode where we will be looking at the semi-finals and building up to the final game of the tournament. It's bye for now. Keep well and have a beautiful weekend. Good night, Philip, and thanks for having me. I'm done.